Hey friends, it's Emily and Nicole, and we are going to be your hosts for Belonging, where we are going to get straight to the heart of the matter. Let's unpack together what it truly means to belong in an uninviting society when living with or affected by a disability. This is a conversation where we will share one story at a time while educating one another on God's view of disability, building awareness, and changing perspectives. Come as you are and be prepared to hear the real, raw truth. Welcome back, friends. It's another episode of Belonging with Emily and I, and we're so happy to have our guests. It's plural guests today. Um, Before we get into Emily introducing them, not sure where everyone is tuning into, but here in Virginia, we're getting a little bit of a snowstorm. So as we're recording, there's some flakes going on out there. Yeah, not enough, though, to cancel school. So yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit upset about that. <laughs> yeah, no snow school cancel over a little testing. Um, but we've had a great first couple of sessions, and we're rolling in with the next part and happy to have everyone come back. So Emily, take it away and introduce our two guests. Yeah, so today, as Nicole mentioned, we have two guests joining us. And I'm super excited for everyone to get to meet them. Um, They are two males in their mid-20s that I had the pleasure of meeting at Johnny and Friends when our family participated in a family retreat. Um, And as you, obviously Johnny and Friends seems to be this theme that we keep (laughs) talking about, but it truly is such a special place. But I felt it was really important to hear from two individuals who go to serve at Johnny and Friends and to hear their stories about them. So one um, is Andrew is coming and visiting us today from Massachusetts and Avery is um, in Michigan. So you have Nicole and I in Virginia, Andrew in um, Boston and Avery in Michigan. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Andrew and Avery to our podcast. Yes, what is up, guys? Super, super excited. Um, This is one of my favorite things in the world. And honestly, anything to help kind of share the Johnny and Friends message in the world of disability is is a real honor. Oh, thanks, Avery. And And Andrew? Yeah, thank you for having me. Super excited. Um, Avery's a good friend of mine. And and obviously, Emily, you're a great friend of mine. So, Nicole, I'm really excited to, to meet you and get to talk to you a little bit. And, Absolutely. Uh, I can't uh, I can't think of anything more fun to, to talk about here. I'm also watching a snowstorm come down here in Massachusetts. So I was going to ask. I figured you guys probably. Well, Andrew, you're getting the exact same storm. You just have the north part of it. And we're getting the tail end of it now. Right, right. Avery, I'm sure your snow is somewhere out there. <laughs> yep, we got that storm, I think, three days ago. Ah. Except both of you laugh at us Southerners when we have snowstorms because they'll cancel for, like, the slightest little dusting. Where the last snowstorm that you all just had in Boston, my friend sent me a picture. And I said, are you, how's the snow globe? And she said, nope, going to hockey practice. It never happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. She sent me a picture of the road. And I was like, are you kidding me? We wouldn't be shut down for like a month here with that much snow. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I just want to clear up. Um, I am actually a Southerner. So don't don't get me confused. Yep, and, well. and up here. I, yep. I grew up. Uh, I grew up in the South. So the first 19 years of my life, I lived down there. But but yes, we, we got about two or three feet. And um, 
yeah, it's so amazing to me how how resilient the people are up here. I'm I'm still a little a little fickle with it, but uh, the people up here are very quick to just jump right out into it. Throw the snowshoes on, right? Right, absolutely. Um, well, we're super happy, and I'm glad to meet you guys both uh, virtually. I guess on the phone, it's going to be a fun conversation and. Clearly, Johnny and Friends ministry is something super important to all four of us. So just to be able to meet other people that serve for Johnny and Friends is a true blessing and gives me a lot of joy, too. So I feel like I have two new friends in Johnny land. (laughs) So before we go into the the meat of our conversation, can you each share, and Avery, we're going to start with you, a fun fact about yourself? Sure. Oh, fun fact about Avery. Um, I'm a big fan of, and I, I get ostracized for this quite a bit, but I do pour milk before cereal quite often. Um, (laughs) that's how I gauge how much cereal I want to eat. Um, let's see what else, uh, fun facts about Avery. Um, I did seven years of school. I have two degrees and my job doesn't use either of them. And I'm very glad that I don't have to use either of them. Um, big sports fan. Uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl later tonight. I think the Rams are going to win by about a zillion. And uh, a bunch of Michigan fans or Detroit Lions fans are, are cheering for Stafford too. So um, looking forward to that. And yeah, I mean, I'm a, well, I'm a pretty that's... normal guy. Pretty, pretty <laughs> normal guy. Well, that pouring the milk before cereal, it's not that I ask a lot of people that question, but I think you're the first person that I know that does that. It's quite intriguing. Yeah, it's, well, I got so sick of having all, like a, a bowl full of milk at the end of the cereal. I, I thought maybe I should, you know, reverse the order one morning, tried <laughs> it out. It worked really well. And, you know, we don't like to waste and we couldn't waste a lot growing up. And so, um, I thought, hey, I will just adopt this as the new norm. And, you know, sometimes I get teased on about it a little bit here and there. But when people realize the process and, and how it, you know, can be wor- worked a lot better than normal, I think uh, I think people will come to reason. I love it. All right, Andrew, some fun fact, a fun fact or some fun facts about oh, Well, I guess, uh, Avery, you cracked me up, man. I feel like... Uh, that's a great way to explain you just want to be different and do something a little different than everybody else but um uh yeah so i i grew up in the south i have uh 12 siblings that's a fun fact uh, i'm the fifth of 13 so that's a really uh you know that always is exciting i like to say i'm the second funniest and and fourth most attractive um <clears throat> but i'm the fifth in the order so uh the um yeah, and then another, I'm a director of athletics here at a, a Lexington Christian Academy in Massachusetts, uh, and that's been just a fun job. I, my my life is, is sports now, and so we, uh, I, I don't really get to work. I don't really work. I, I just get to get to go and, and help run sports and, and manage mm-hmm. sports and culture, and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's cool. You have a job that you can actually – truly enjoy and you don't feel like it's working because it's truly something you're passionate about oh absolutely that is it all high school day. level so we have a middle school and a high school and i'm the director of athletics for both mm. um, and it's 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 a it's a cha- it's a challenge but it's 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 a lot of fun 
Do the middle schoolers are so funny. Middle school wrestling, we had that the other day, and, and it's, you know, when a kid goes out, an 85-pound kid goes out, and it's their first experience wrestling, it cracks me up every time. There. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's there's so much funny, Andrew, that you see throughout sports that you can't laugh at because you have you have this leadership role. But, you know, any observational (laughs) part of the the job, I bet you there is so much funny that goes on. So in Massachusetts, in Boston in particular, there's still mask mandates in schools. And Uh I will say, um, while it's an inconvenience, it's kind of been my saving grace because there are some really funny things that I can hide under under. Oh, mask, yes. You know? <laughs> Hidden facial expressions. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's uh, fun to get to know a little bit about you both. So thanks for sharing those fun. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We're going to start in on the heavier topics of the, the more. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but anyway, the main, the main questions. So the first question, before I ask it, I just wanted to share with our listeners kind of setting the tone when I first met Andrew and Avery, and I believe I met uh, Avery, our second family retreat, and it was Andrew who we met our first um, family retreat, but after everybody gets their room assignment and you go to your room and you get settled at some point, everybody comes together in the main lodge and the very first rows are saved for those who have um, are in a wheelchair or have a more motorized wheelchair. And then everybody else sits in the rows in the chair behind them. And we were in the second row and Andrew was in the front row right in front of us with his buddy. And and Andrew can correct us, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking he probably was somewhere in his 30s. And I just remember um, watching the interaction between Andrew and his, but and everybody else in that row. And I was just blown away how hands on they were, but just in this loving, caring, energetic, playful, you name it, manner. And then the fact that both Andrew and Avery, and I don't mean to embarrass you guys, but I'm going to say this because I tell everybody that they need to go to Johnny and Land to find their husband, um, are both good-looking guys. So in my head, I'm like, man, why would these guys who could be doing anything with their summer be here, being like literally the hands and feet of Jesus, and I remember like that was one thing that Will just was blown away by the same thing. So my question to the two of you is, how did you first hear of Johnny and Friends? And how old were you when you were first experienced what I call Johnny Land? Andrew, why don't you go first? Sure. So I guess when I first heard of Johnny and Friends uh, was probably 2007 when my siblings started going and and I was a little younger but I started going myself in 2014 uh, and that was when I really got my first experience I believe uh, that was my second year Emily when when y'all came and and we met uh, you and the lovely Anna Kate and your family Um, but yeah, so I was, uh, I guess, 17 at the time, uh, 16, 17 at the time, and 
and that was uh, that was a, that was a great experience for me. I met a lot of people. I was actually supposed to go to a basketball camp, so I had the privilege of playing basketball in college, and and I was really pretty focused and driven in high school, and and pretty. Um, kind of made an idol out of that in a lot of ways. And, and I remember being really conflicted between going to this camp or going to a basketball camp. And uh, I really kind of hesitantly went my first year to uh, Johnny and friends. And um, I obviously have been going back ever since. So uh, I'm really thankful I was pushed to do that. And, and it's, it's a, it's a great experience for, for anyone. Um, yeah. Well, thanks. All right. So, Avery, when did um, you first hear about Johnny and Friends? Sure. Um, so my story is a bit different than Andrew's. I, I grew up with Johnny and Friends. Um, the first time I attended camp, I think I wasn't even speaking English. Like I was I had just turned two years old. Um, it was my dad's first year being the head pastor uh, for two weeks at Johnny and Friends. And so I, I don't have a memory about life when, but, you know, before Johnny and Friends. Um, so I grew up with it. We would go for two weeks uh, every summer. And um, my Johnny and Friends experience was, was a lot different than I would say most uh, STMs or people that go to serve. Because when you grow up with it, it just becomes the norm. And so you know, I'm 12, 13 years old and I feel confident and people feel confident in my experience of helping out with people with disabilities of all types, you know, um, anyone on the autism spectrum or someone with cerebral palsy or, you know, any type of handicap, um, you know, they, they knew Avery as clinical son and he's been here, you know, 15 years and he's only 17 years old. And so, yeah, he can, Mm -hmm. he could help out with anything. And so, um, my, I think it's it's a very different experience when you grow up um, with it rather than when you are exposed to it for the first time as an adult like Andrew was. Um, so um, serving there, it's just it's just the best. Um, I tell people if you want to experience what heaven may feel like when we're all worshiping and celebrating um, the servanthood of God and, and the world and and um, our good Lord, Giant Friends is I think is the closest image and the closest place that you can experience just a, a small small slice of what that might be like. And so, um, honestly, it is my one of my favorite things in the entire world. And I, you know, the the only reason I wouldn't go is because I've got obligations that require me to be someplace else, you know, if, you know, for college mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um, I'm, I'm so, so thankful that I grew up with it because man, it is just such a special place and, um, it's, it's, it's the best. No, oh, I love the difference between Andrew. You were a little reluctant to go the first time, but then you realize this is purpose and you have, you were able to identify that I want to keep coming back mm. and very different than Avery. It was almost like it was your immediate identity to be there um, because it was a family event and the whole family participated. Um, right. 
But Andrew, did you say your siblings had started going and that's when you got involved too? They had. And I'll say, um, so I guess to go back a little bit, Avery and I are, are pretty good friends. I think we'll be in, he's one of my best friends. We'll be in each other's weddings, but he, um, he, you know, we were kind of passing ships, I guess, in the first uh, couple of years. So I didn't meet Avery until I had been going, I met his brother my first year, but I didn't meet him until I went up to Michigan to actually see his brother and another friend. Um, and, and we hit it off there, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little background of our relationship and, and how we know each other. Um, yeah, my, my older siblings went, so again, I'm five of, I'm the fifth of 13. So, uh, I have two older brothers and an older sister who started going before me and, um, they were like obsessed with it and mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it, you know, because I had never really experienced it. Um, and then when you go, I mean, when you go and you experience how these, uh, how, how people there, uh, love each other, serve each other. Um, I, I'm a big believer in service and I'm a big believer in, uh, presence and, and mindfulness. And, and I have never met a group of people so oriented around service and so oriented around just being where they are. And so those, those two things to me were really, uh, different and really really attractive but yeah my older siblings started going first and that's kind of that's awesome yeah do either one of you have someone in your family or in your inner circle who live with a disability hmm inner circle growing up as a kid one of my best friends um he had a sister um that has cerebral palsy and they went to Johnny and Friends, and it was awesome because we went to the same church growing up, and, you know, sometimes I would ride with them on the way to camp, um, and it was great because we kind of, I had a, a friend at Johnny and Friends growing up who also was a friend, you know, back home, and um, it was great because I... I guess it was good for both families because everyone was extremely comfortable. And, you know, uh, his sister who had the cerebral palsy was extremely comfortable hanging out with me, him Mm -hmm. and my brother and sister as well. And so um, it was just, it's just awesome to be able to have those comfortable relationships um, with people who do um, have cerebral palsy. Um, Mm -hmm. They have an extension, extended family member that, um, you know, may not be in my family or in our inner circle, but someone we interact with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, I grew up again. I didn't, uh, I guess now my, my baby, she's such a pretty little thing, but she's um, not, not quite one yet. And she actually uh, was born. She's, she's definitely partially blind and we believe uh, fully blind. And definitely partially deaf and possibly fully deaf. So um, that's that's been a, a new journey for my um, brother and sister-in-law. Uh, and so, um, you know, we've we've got to experience how she experiences the world a little bit and, and some of that. Uh, but I, I also grew up, you know, connected with disabilities. So I, I would go to a Miracle League, a baseball league, which... Um, you partnered with someone who lived with a with a disability, and we would uh, 
play baseball and have helped them play a baseball game. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I had uh, a friend growing up who, so I was kind of an antisocial, kind of an awkward, awkward kid. And, um, you know, a friend with autism, he actually was almost, re- he was the one reaching out to me and, and being a friend to me. And so uh, I, mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, with, with, um, all, all kinds of people in my life. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my connection to it personally. And you can tell from both of you guys' answers and how natural, um, that it came very natural to you both that you may have been a little uncomfortable at certain parts. Maybe I think we all share a little bit of, well, this is different. This is something that I'm not around all the time, but just in how you guys describe that, it's something you keep coming back to and you, it has become part of your life to serve. And, and Andrew, I loved how you said it's like a presence that when we were talking about Johnny and friend at family retreat, it's just being around being present and serving at the same time. And um, Avery, how you even noted that that's what heaven feels like. So you guys are able to put both of those things together, even in your past relationships with people that have disabilities and how it's all full circle and you all have it in your life continuously. Mm. Nicole, is, is that a good selling point to, to get you to experience family retreat? Hey, I have <laughs> tried for two years. We can thank COVID. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been two years that I've been trying to come to North Carolina's family retreat and COVID's been the the deciding factor in both summers so we're gonna hope who knows what this summer looks like there's a lot of things changing with my flexibility so I'm gonna hope that one week will be it'll be the second week if I do come the first week my family and I are going on vacation so it would definitely be the second week of August Nicole I'll be there the second week so well expectations of meeting you know there then maybe it's just the second week I'm there there you go (laughs) Andrew, did you just say the second week? Emily, I'm sorry. Andrew, (laughs) you're going to break Anna Kate's heart again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think we just need to do a road trip to Boston. I just think that's what it is. Well, I I should also come places. What were you going to say, Andrew? I said I should also come down and, and we'll, we'll, we'll connect. I I miss Anna Kate and, and you, so we'll have to, we'll have to connect. And, uh, and I miss Betsy. I haven't seen her in a while. That was actually, I think that's how we really connected. So uh, your your daughter was a, a big Steph Curry fan and a basketball fan. So that's where we really. Yeah, well, the, the, the basketball days have ended for her. Mm. Basketball days have ended. But yeah, we're, she's thinking about college, which I just can't believe where they are already. I feel like we mm-hmm. blinked and we're there. Mm. Wow. You guys have kind of answered this, um, but if you have an other way of specifically answering it, I would just love to know how either of you feel that serving at family retreat has impacted your life. Um, so Avery, if you want to sure. kick it. Yeah. Well, there's a few things that immediately um, come to mind that, you know, like things you learn at Johnny and friends that become applicable to like your worldview and kind of mentality um, to day-to-day life outside of the world of disability. Um, Like right now, my, my work life doesn't have, um, you know, disability involved in it hardly at all. Um, But the, 
a few things that I did learn from camp and giant friends uh, that do affect my everyday life is man, like you, people are so much more capable than they think than you think that you are. Um, When you are paired with a buddy um, as an SPM for a week, um, you know, if if it's a new buddy you haven't been with before, um, you usually the first day or two is you are trying to figure out, um, you know, kind of limits of, you know, stuff that they like, stuff that they like, they want to do, what um, are they going to prefer? And, and, you know, just how, um, I guess, adventurous they want to be at Johnny Friends because they mm-hmm. have so many fun things, you know, the climbing wall, paintballs, you know, zip lining, the pool, the lake and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, the first couple of days you start, you just are trying to get a feel of what your buddy is comfortable with. And I was once paired with a buddy who was so fearless. I literally would have to hold him back from <laughs> being over adventurous to the point of, you know, dangerous and stuff. And you know, other buddies come to mind that, you know, who are legit gold medalists in the Special Olympics um, for mm-hmm. basketball. And man, I would, I didn't think I won a game of horse the entire week uh, one year because of the buddy um, I was paired with was so good at basketball. Um, and it, it just makes you realize that all of these people that come to camp with disability or handicap um, are capable of anything. And so what the heck am I going to complain about or um, be discouraged about thinking that I'm not able to accomplish any goal or skill or talent that I want to pursue or a passion that I really love? Um, And the second thing is that um, people who like to serve and who are followers of Christ, um, there is a bigger community across, you know, your states your you know everyday life than you really think there is um Mm -hmm. as you come to johnny and friends and you realize holy cow there's a team of how many how many stms do you think are at johnny and friends um uh, maybe a hundred or so Mm -hmm. They, they come from everywhere and you realize man i really am not isolated like i'm not an isolated servant for christ who wants to help people with disabilities in my day-to-day life they're so you know we're everywhere we just don't know it and um and so you really have this unveiling like this like this fog lifting realizing that i don't have to like hide that i want to be a servant or helping you know people with disabilities um you know as i'm going through high school or something you know i there's nothing to be ashamed of because i'm not um an isolated case and i'm i'm you know, there is community um, outside of Johnny and Friends because of how many STMs are there from all over the place. So those two big things jump to mind. And man, I can't tell you how much it will change your worldview and, and daily perspective. I have nothing to Amen, say Andrew. back to that. Um, Andrew, before you say your response, I just want to tell our listeners what STM means. So STM is Johnny Lingo for short-term missionary. And that's just basically the volunteers. Um, so Andrew and Avery are STMs when they go to serve. And I just want to add one thing to that. Cause I also wrote down STM cause I was going to explain what it was, <laughs> but I think it's, you know, most camp like experiences that you go to when you think of your camp counselor, 
you get paid to be in yeah. that position. At Johnny and Friends, the STMs have to pay to yep. come to serve at Johnny and Friends. So it's quite, it's it's a difference as well that they're not going there and getting paid to be a buddy to somebody. They are paying to come serve. Yeah. Yes. Well, I wish I could say I paid to come watch Avery lose in horse, but I, I don't think I don't think I would pay money for that because it's not that uh, uncommon. So, right? Yes. <laughs> no. Um, the way it's impacted my life the most is uh, I, I like to to think number one on the basis of of service. So, uh, my my job is is in athletics and and you can get really bogged down with kind of what it is. But at the end of the day, um, my work and my life needs to be reflected by service. And so how can I, how can I jump in and serve people and, and do that? But what I learned um, most at Johnny and friends was that uh, you go into it thinking, Oh, I'm going to do this great thing and I'm going to serve. Uh, But then you know, uh, somebody will come up, one of the buddies will come up and, and take your, your plate. You know, one of the buddies will come up and uh, do something for you and serve you in a way that brings them so much joy or those individuals just get so much joy from helping other people and serving other people. And you're immediately hit with this, wow, I'm really not very service oriented, you know, because mm-hmm. it's still kind of about me when I do these things. Um, and so it's a very humbling experience in that way. Uh, but trying to trying to shape your life around service, I think, is is a really critical piece of that. And then I would I would agree with um, Avery and the, the capabilities of individuals. Um, but also it's taught me one thing I try to bring into my everyday life and my profession now is uh, it's about the experience of others and not my experience. So. Uh, in a professional sense, you know, it's about uh, what I tell my coaches. It's about the kids experience. You know, it's about the kids who are on the team's experience. And it's very similar at Johnny and friends. So I've had four different buddies, uh, three of which have been nonverbal. And so learning how to communicate uh, has been a fun challenge, uh, but also you know, some have been really crazy and, and running around and with just the highest, when I say crazy, I mean, high energy, you know, uh, and very, very um, go, go after it, go try to do everything. And then I've had other buddies who, when you go on the rock wall and uh, they, they climb four feet up, uh, you know, the, in every year previous, they've only climbed two feet. And so for mm. those individuals, they're on cloud nine. Um, I remember my buddy last year specifically was just on top of the world and you know you look at him and he he's climbed four feet up and uh to to empathize with his experience is is amazing you know that he's mm-hmm. he's really experiencing life to the fullest and uh by every human standard you know that's that's uh nothing special but it really is a special moment for 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 him and for his family. And, um, you know, I think that's a really unique thing about camp. Hearing your stories and your, what you all love to 
how it has impacted both of your lives just instantly takes me back to um to family retreat right now. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that rock wall. <laughs> yes, we, the, we, we the could not go last wall. year due to COVID. Our week got canceled the day before. Yeah, so, so it sounds so like disappointing. Um, Andrew, you must have been second week last year. Yeah, I was able to go last year, and so yeah. first week got canceled, which was which was really sad because yeah. Um, but second week was able to go, and and it was it was a really fun fun experience much smaller group so you got yeah. to really know people well speaking of going down memory lane can you the two of you share one or two of your favorite memories from uh johnny and friends family retreat sure um andrew if you don't mind me going first um so recently i haven't been able to go um to johnny and friends um uh, for the full two weeks um because of, you know, school obligations. And, um, but one of my buddies that I had, I think three or four years ago, um, was on the autism spectrum and was, uh, nonverbal, um, would communicate, you know, through a few, um, ASL signs. Um, but you would have to just read body language and understand his behavior to understand or to know what he wanted to do, what was bothering him. Um, how it could be fixed, that kind of a thing. And so um, it was really tough for me to like connect with him because I, I felt like I was just like this barrier preventing him from doing the things that he wanted to, you know, make sure, you know, he didn't get hurt or he, you know, didn't, um, you know, do something that was a danger to himself that he didn't know about. Um, but one thing he did love to do was to walk and just to go exploring. And the Johnny and Friends camp that we go to is beautiful. It is, it is so stunning. The, the scenery is incredible. It's, it's so well-treated. And walking around, I had no problem with it at all. Um, and during those walks, I would talk out loud with him and kind of have this conversation where I would speak as him um, to myself, you know, as I'm doing this conversation and, um, you know, sometimes he would, he would kind of play along or laugh at stuff. Um, but he also loved to listen to music. And so we would go back listening from some of his favorite songs to some of my favorite songs. And I found out he has like perfect pitch and he could hum along to a song immediately after hearing it, you know, once or twice. Mm -hmm. And so I was playing one of my favorite songs and, you know, humming along with it, singing along with it. And then the next day we were walking. It was super quiet. It was right after breakfast. You know, birds are still chirping, um, dews on the leaves and everything. And he starts humming along to like my favorite song at the time. And he's just humming and humming. And I started kind of mumbling the words over top of it because he was humming so softly. Um, and, I finally got a moment where I felt like we communicated and we got closer and he knew that that was my favorite song and he was humming along with it. And it was really, really special because like if you're with a nonverbal buddy, it, it can be really frustrating because you, you don't feel like you're growing closer with them. And holy smokes, was it like a, a tearjerker goosebump moments um, because he remembered you know, my favorite song and, and we got to share that moment together. And so um, that, that was a really, really special day. Mm. 
Yeah, thanks for making me cry. Yeah, I was just going to hear Jerker in the moment right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, so I'm trying to hold it back too. <laughs> that's such thanks, a that's Avery. Such a... Thanks, Avery. <laughs> We're all about being real and raw on here, so yeah. If the tears come, the tears come. Yeah, I'm Woo! glad. I'm glad this is just the audio <laughs> medium because man, I'm a mess. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> And what a skill to be able to to learn how to communicate um, with someone. We we rely so much, I think, on words, and and yeah. it, it takes. I mean, it takes something special to learn how to communicate with uh, with somebody like that. So that's that's a special moment for sure. So good. I, my favorite. I have two. I guess I'll say one. My favorite memory, and then the memory that I learned the most from. So. Uh, I had a buddy who was a, a young uh, boy who just had a motor and he would go, go, go. We didn't sit through one programmed event. We didn't do any of the um, rock wall or, uh, or um, zip line. We didn't do anything like that. He just wanted to run. And if he saw the lake, he was 100% going to try to sprint into it and start swimming. Oh my. And we wanted to be on the playground every day. Uh, fortunately, I brought my hammock and he really liked to sit in that. So I got about a 30 minute break every day where we just kind of hammocked. Um, but, but I think what I learned the most from that was kind of watching uh, everyone try to contain him and kind of realizing he doesn't have to be contained mm. and it was going to be, my life was much easier starting Wednesday when I just decided I'm just going to move with him. Uh, and for somebody who's kind of battled a really anxious mind in my life, uh, it was really kind of picturesque as far as like, you don't have to control things and contain things. Um, you have to let them be what they are. And so that was kind of the most learning moment, I guess, from camp. The my favorite memory, though, was uh, my buddy and the buddy, Emily, who I had when when you met me, he uh, he really did become my friend. He was nonverbal as well, but he had a, a talk box, uh, which he could push buttons and it would it would talk and, and play a song. And he used to say a lot of uh, funny things, you know, that didn't make sense. So he would say uh it didn't make sense grammatically to us, but it made sense to him when he would say it. And so I was his buddy for four or five years, actually. And I got to kind of learn how he talked and what he meant when he said things. Uh, and that was a really cool experience. But one year, his parents were both elderly. And this gentleman was, uh, I guess, everything that the world is scared of with disabilities. So he kind of rough around the edges um he wasn't the cute little kid uh with with down syndrome and so he really didn't get a lot of attention from people uh, but he he really was um right and he had a little bit of a grumpy disposition to be honest you know so so we we're kind of a perfect pair for that um i <laughs> call myself a, a recovering jerk sometimes but he um he was uh he got to go on stage one year and he had been working really hard. He would do 
a version of push-ups and sit-ups that he could do. Uh, and then he was working really hard on standing and walking. And so what people didn't know is that he had been able to, to stand by himself. He had just learned how to stand up by himself. And he also loved the song Amazing Grace. So we went up on stage for the talent show. Um, and he, he programmed his box to sing Amazing Grace. Yes. sang it to the whole crowd and then he stood up and stood by himself um as he was getting a standing o- ovation from you know the whole crowd there and for him to see this usually pretty grumpy a, a big smile and then for his parents more specifically uh to see their 30 their their uh son who was in his mid thirties, who had never been cheered on, never been the center of attention, never been um, really wanted or applauded by many people to receive that kind of um, love and affection was, was a really special moment uh, that I don't think I'll ever be able to forget. No. And you guys are really encouraging to share those memories for listeners and other people that may serve in different capacities and especially with people with disabilities just to be able to share their gifts and their talents in a way that doesn't look quote-unquote natural to the world that doesn't accept disability so easily Mm. and just the way that it is so it's beautiful you just have to you don't even have to look hard for it but you can see everyone's gifts and talents if you just have the right perspective. Absolutely. That was totally visualizing your buddy. Emily, can I ask what your favorite memory of Johnny and Friends is? Oh, my favorite memory. Turn the tables on you. I was just going to say that. Good job. Me. The me. interviewee is interviewed. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, I think my, when we had Taylor on and we were talking, I think just my, my main like favorite part of Johnny and Friends, which is every single year. So if, whether it's a memory or not a memory is just the overall feeling of it's like the one place you can go and there's no judgment whatsoever mm-hmm. and like you know people can make noises if the kid wants to scream the kids can scream if your kid doesn't want to participate they don't have to participate and everybody just gets you and understands you and loves you and whether it's the stms or the other parents i mean it's just it really is a struggle to come back to reality when you leave there um and I keep saying that it kind of what Avery says, like, this is what heaven's like. I imagine this is what heaven is like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like my favorite part of, of Johnny and friends every year. Is, oh, I'm here. Like, I don't have to explain everything. This is, this is who we are. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with night to shine with Tim Tebow. Oh, I yeah. just volunteered at one last Sunday. Did you? So ours got canceled here. Um, And so I, with the help of Nicole and my parents and Betsy had like 10 of her friends and Eli, we did a little mini night to shine um, Saturday night. Oh no, Friday night. 
And I forgot where I was going to go with this. Anyway, it was just so it's things like that to just bring me so much joy. And it was just so much fun. And now knowing Avery that your business slows down in February, I think that you need to come and be the videographer and stuff for <laughs> us in the entertainment. Yes. Uh, in the future when we have um, real night to shine or if it's going to be these little mini night to shines again. I, I would be honored. I would love to do that. I, so I volunteered at a night to shine uh, two years ago. And um, I went and let me tell you, it was more fun than any of the proms I went to in high school. Um, <laughs> so if anyone is looking to volunteer or is wondering about it, the dancing is so much more fun when no one cares ab about what the dance was look like. It's it's it's, it's right. great. It's so much fun. Yeah. You really just let loose and it does. There's no judgment. It's, maybe, Emily, that's where you were going that Johnny um family retreat is no judgment and i think that's maybe you're worth thinking that for night to shine because it's the same there's no judgment you are you are who you are and everyone that is there just loves you no matter what right yeah well, and i think something else about johnny and friends is i <laughs> could honestly say i never thought that anna kate would ever zip line and <laughs> getting her up the zip line was a challenge that, that zipline is no joke. That's it is no joke. Like it is very high. And just I was having heart palpitations going up, you know, the quote unquote normal way to get up there to meet her. But just as we're going down and like the smile on her face as we're zipping down and then when they release her, she I mean, I remember the picture with her eating her funnel cake afterward. Like she just was so excited, like, wow, like I got to do the zip line. Um, I think it definitely was a one and done kind of like check it off the list. We're not going to do that again, but at least she did it. At least she uh, did. Well, she's, she's got it figured out. She had people hoist her up there and she, she just got to, to, to go for the ride. You had to climb up the whole way. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Though I don't think she enjoyed the, the getting up there, the piece to do much. She's like, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? <laughs> But, and, you know, just meeting people, too. I mean, just the yeah. fact that we've connected with the two of you and now here you are. We're having this conversation years later and the other families. And um, I, I do joke with Nicole often. And on, I don't know if you've listened to Taylor's episode or not, but on there I said, like, seriously, like, anybody wants to meet their future spouse, they should seriously go to Johnny. And friends retreat because those are the type like you know that's looking at you the two of you is who I would love Eli to end up being one day right like having realizing what's really important in life and and what's not you're gonna make me tear up again <laughs> oh. that serving piece and and the same with Betsy like that's what I would want for her to have in a spouse is you know, watching, like, you, you just can't, I tell everybody, you cannot put Johnny and friends in words, like, you have to experience it, you know, mm -hmm. and whether you're a Christian, or you are not a Christian, it it's something I truly feel everybody needs to experience once in their life. It really is a special place. 
I don't know why anybody would turn or turn down joy and belonging and fun and serving and being served and in turn getting served. It's why would someone turn that down? And bacon. And oh, there's bacon. Oh, Look the, at that bacon. <laughs> and yeah, the food is exquisite. So good. It's great. And tons of bacon. Mm-hmm. All right. So to the second week in August, see you guys there. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, uh, Nicole, you're setting yourself up. I am. Now you I'm have ready. <laughs> We've got a lot of blackmail if you don't. <laughs> you sure do. You have a lot to use on me now. <laughs> um, so I would. I want to ask both of you what belonging means to you. Whoever wants to start. Eating. Oh man, that that can be taken so so deep or wide. Because oh yes. Hmm. Andrew, could you help me out while I try to narrow? narrow a thought down to a, <laughs> a solid answer sure i'll, I'll go first oh, belonging um to me I, I think avery you're right you can take it really deep or wide but you can also keep it really simple um and, and it's it's being a friend to somebody and, and being you know not uh not not using people i think so many times we want to use people for you know make connections or uh get something out of them or but but really if you're just being a friend with someone to be a friend uh the relationship changes right and so belonging to me is is just that you're around a group of people who want to get to know uh the real andrew you know if i if i'm in a place where i feel like i belong that's that's what it is and so uh, when you go to a place and someone gives you that kind of uh, unmarred unmuddy unmuddied uh, uh i guess without an agenda kind of relationship or desire for relationship i think that's a really special thing and so that's kind of my uh thought and connection to it um we my my buddy, you mentioned earlier, Emily, we, we really did become friends, you know, and someone who I've never, he's never spoken a word to me, you know, to have a friendship like that. And, and, uh, and my, my buddy last year actually FaceTimes me all the time now. And, um, he, he has, uh, a number of uh, disabilities which affect him, but he also has, um, OCD, which means that, if he calls me, he might call me and say, hi, how are you? And if I don't respond the right way, he might hang up and try again. So it, it sometimes leads to 20 or 30 calls in a span of five minutes. But, you know, it's just to take the time and, and to speak with him. And, you know, he just wants to talk to somebody who's his friend. Mm. And uh, to me, that's that's kind of belonging. I really like how you said it in a humble way that you being a friend to someone else and not necessarily you personally looking for the friend. Right. Yeah. I really liked how you said that. Yes. Super well said. Um, so belonging, the, the thing that kind of comes to mind first um, and other ex- like life experiences, part of one of my um, careers or one of my p- paths on my career path, um, I spent time as a student teacher um, at my old high school for almost two years. 
And when you go back to a high school, and Andrew, I'm sure you can relate to this or add to it. Um, when you go back to your high school, six, seven, eight years removed, and you observe all of the behaviors of high school aged um, students, you start to understand and see that everyone is just looking for a community to belong to and to be wanted. Um, and so I think belonging is kind of defined by finding a, a community and a world that you feel not only a part of, but that you feel um, wanted, like the community wants you to be a part of it. And, you know, it doesn't feel complete, you know, without you. And so like Johnny and friends, I don't know about you guys. Um, there was, there was a worker at the camp that John and friends, um, takes place at that unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. And it really struck me because like, I had never experienced John and friends without that worker there from the camp and it felt different. And, um, and so belonging, I think, um, is, is finding a community and that encourages and wants you to be in their lives. Um, just like how Andrew said, you know, you're not using a friend. They just want you for you. And, um, it's, yeah, it could be taken deeper wide. It could be, you know, as simple as, as you want, but having a community to be a part of and feel welcomed by is, is very special. It is. It is. I think Emily was getting emotional for a second. <laughs> Well, just said like the whole like conversation, like when you takes me directly back to to this special place. Um, mm. I think even more so than when we talked to Taylor, because she was talking more like her her role and like what Johnny Friends is. But like you know, I met the two of you there, and so I have seen you both of you like hands on in the experiences and stories that you're sharing, and it's just been such a great place for our whole family and mm. Betsy's going to be a buddy this year. Oh, fun. nice. She is of that age and she does a lot here um, within our community with young life Capernaum and at church. And then Eli, he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't listen to my podcast and I tell him all the time I talk about him. So maybe he should start <laughs> listening. Um, he is going to be a buddy as well, but a buddy to a sibling. Oh yes, that's that is super important, and those siblings love that so much. So I think yeah, I think it'll be great for him. And speaking of siblings, do you? And this is not a question that we asked the two of you before, but it was something I was just thinking of. Do you learn a lot, or what do you feel um, when you're looking at the siblings interacting with the families? Because when you're a buddy or an STM, you are interacting with the entire family. Like you get to know the whole family, the siblings, the parents. Sure. What are your um, thoughts or what yeah. do you learn from the siblings? Yeah. Emily, I'm not sure if it was you that taught me the term, um, but I think the term was, was glass children or a glass child. Um, and that defines, you know, as a sibling who, has a brother or sister with disabilities. And because of that, their parents have to devote so much time and attention to the child with disabilities 
that the child with non-disability um, or who isn't uh, handicapped often feels overlooked or underappreciated or, you know, doesn't uh, receive as much attention or, you know, uh, kind of just feels um, the relationship may feel unbalanced growing up because, you know, they, they live, they have a sibling with disability. And so at camp, you realize that, man, the siblings of um, people with disability need just as much um, servanthood and like relationship as anyone else at camp. And so, um, and often it's, you, you see like this, like whole other side of um, them come out because, you know, day one of camp, they, you're, especially if it's their first year, they don't know what to expect. They think it's, you know, going to be their brother or sister's, you know, show, you know, the entire week and, and they're going to have the kind of same backseat overlooked role um, that they've had growing up their entire life when in reality, it's, it's quite the opposite. And, you know, just like we have talked about a couple of times throughout this is there is no judgment and everyone is welcomed. And um, you, you see how much they appreciate and value that. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it family retreat. The whole family is involved and cared for, I think, at an extraordinary level without even physically experiencing it yet. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that I would expect nothing less than the entire Siblings are always uh, very interesting to me because they're very, um, very mature for their age. And working in a high school, I, I know a couple of uh, families who, who have a, you know, they might have a really outgoing um, daughter who has Down syndrome, you know, really outgoing, really popular, and everybody talks to them. Uh, but the siblings are always really, really responsible. And I think the flip side of that is they often um, cover up a lot. And so at camp, you know, getting to experience those siblings getting to be the uh, the focus of attention you know, and getting to connect with other siblings. Pro- that's probably the most important part, you know, more than we can. And really, you know, us SDMs and, and partnering up with the buddies, it, it's probably most helpful for all the families just to connect with other families who can empathize with each other and be community there. We just get to kind of be um, be there to enjoy it too. But um yeah, I think that's really a special thing to see kids who get to get to connect and get to have real conversations about what it's like being a sibling. And um, yeah, it's 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 not easy, I think a lot of siblings would say, but mm-hmm. but that's I think that's really important. And I think that adds to some of the belonging for them. Mm-hmm. Being Absolutely. able to have that community. Absolutely. Yeah, I love the sibling support that they added a couple years ago or the like the sibling outings that they have just for the siblings. Yes. It's really important. It's just a grand fun place. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So we have one last question that 
we don't ask you, uh, we don't prepare you for. Oh boy. <laughs> and it's our question. We ask this to everybody. Um, what is one thing that you are loving right now? And this could be anything. So this could be a spice that you're cooking with. It could be a new restaurant that you have on repeat. It could be a song. It could literally a TV show. It can be anything. Just something you are loving right now. Hmm. Again, this could be very deep or wide. You're good at asking <laughs> these questions and seeing how we interpret them. Super it's... simple. <laughs> hmm. Okay, answer. You can answer. <laughs> no, I said is sleep is sleep an okay? Oh, sleep. Oh. oh, yes. Absolutely. Hey, if sleep is your answer and you are loving sleep right now, then sleep <laughs> could be your answer. Absolutely. We're, we're in the uh, the bleak months of New England now, so it's. Mm-hmm. Know, I, I would probably have to actually flip that and say uh, sunshine because I'm in a building all day. Five or ten minutes of sunshine right now is a big. Big part oh, yeah. of what I'm trying to do. It's hard to come by. I know over in Michigan, Avery, you guys, that thing doesn't even come around over there. Oh, in man. In the winter, months. yeah, <laughs> the concrete skies are tough when everything is just gray. Um, it, it can be tough. Sun, sun, sunshine is, is very, very appreciated when we can get it. Um, I, think, I think my answer is going gonna, is gonna to be being engaged. Um, it's having a a life partner is really, really awesome. Um, and I, I do, I do a lot for work. I, uh, I have my own company and everything and I really struggle with, um, directing my mind onto being restful and just like, you know, not thinking about work all the time and having a life partner, um, and future wife that, that can help me with other things, um, and just kind of help, get me to relax and kind of almost what Andrew was talking about is like finding some sort of rest and just like, I don't know, slowing down for a minute and just enjoying sunshine or a nap or something like that um, is, is very appreciative. Um, And yeah, being engaged rocks. Um, Highly recommend to everyone out there. There's the takeaway. Get engaged and get married, folks. <laughs> uh, well, and, and take those walks out in the sunshine. That, yes. yes. I love how you guys were just super, um, it's not even materialistic. Those are meaningful things you just answered. Right. With. And you can't, you, you can't survive without love, whether it's um, marriage or relationally, friendship, um, Christ's love, and you can't survive without sun. So way to hit it home, guys. Mm-hmm. Avery, yeah. Avery, we should go ahead and pat ourselves on the back right You now. should. Hey, I, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, friends, we definitely appreciate you tuning in and listening to another episode. Um, we hope you stuck around. It was a great conversation with both of these guys, and we're super thankful that they – carved out some time on Super Bowl Sunday before any of their plans to just have a great conversation with us. Until next time, we will catch you guys later. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Alia, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed another conversation and learned something that may change how you view people living with disabilities. Feel free to drop us a comment, like, and please share. 